And we're live. Welcome to the Paris Bays Podcast. I'm Heather Kingston. Jake Link. Jake Link. I have a local broker here who's, he's just a badass. <laughs> High volume broker in our local area in Parker County, which is, we were talking about like how many agents are in our area that we know. Because, you know, there's names that you know, right? Oh, that yeah. consistently do a ton of volume. And then it's funny how there's other agents in our area that are really good agents you've just never even heard of just because you haven't come across them yet. It's crazy. Isn't it's crazy. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How many agents do you have at your brokerage? How long have you been the broker for it? And Wesley is partners. Wesley Stout, yes. And he's also, is he the associate broker too? But you're both brokers? No, we're, we're both brokers. Okay. Yeah. So he has a partner named Wesley Stout, who's mm-hmm. a good man, and they've been working together for quite some time. Yeah, a long time. We've been, um, we worked together since 2011 or 12, I guess, something like that. And we started our brokerage in 2016, I believe. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride, really fun ride. He had a really good photographer a while ago. I did. Probably his favorite photographer of all time. <laughs> and she got in the real estate business. <laughs> Smart lady. <laughs> oh, that was a long time ago. That's I got in in 2017, I think. Oh, really? I think so. And I shot for you probably 2015 through maybe. Yeah. Somewhere in there, but. Anyway, yeah, you, oh, you shot a lot for me, actually. I got to get my notes out so I can remember all the questions for you. Okay. All right. So it's 2023. It's August. These are our bread and butter months. What do you see happening right now and this summer that is normal or completely unusual? Yeah, I think uh, I think our market is doing a. Our market's really correcting right now. There's a lot of things that go into that. Um, do you feel like nationwide, or do you feel like it kind of no, localized to Parker County? I think localized to Western Fort Worth. You know, nationwide, I think our market is kind of underperforming a lot of markets in the country right now. Our it, small local market. It is. Yeah. So. I felt I think, like we were so insulated out here because this is one of the fastest growing counties in Texas. Yeah, correct. So we kind of, the buyers have been kind of hit like four times here. So our interest rates obviously doubled. Yep. Uh, insurance has oh. nearly doubled. You used to be in insurance, didn't you? Mm. No, 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 no. Okay, that was just and, okay. And property taxes nearly doubled. Yes. And you tie all that into an inflated market. Gas, groceries. Yeah, and then the, the market was just going so crazy for so long. It was, it was kind of, I mean, it was kind of not realistic for a while. Oh, it's so terrible. you have it was all brutal. those things hitting at one time. Yeah. And now when you go to buy a house, you have all of that. So buyers qualify differently because insurance taxes interest rates and they're in a house at three percent right now mm-hmm. get out to go to a house at six and a half or six point nine like you have all these things working against you and it's just it's caused the clutch to go in essentially right and you know i have a good friend's a broker in vegas and she called me the other day and said you know in the entire city of vegas we have three thousand homes for sale that's two and a half million people yeah that's not much that's not much and now so they're still crazy multiple they're still offers. multiple offers rolling and then I looked at our just our new construction homes this week in August of 23 was like 625 for sale in Parker County. Mm. That's a lot of new just new construction. Yeah. And then there's 750 lots for sale in Parker County. So we don't have I mean you hear the word inventory shortage, we don't really have it. No, we don't. I mean if you want to buy a house in Parker County, you just you have a lot to choose from. Right. Yeah, a lot to choose from. So I think the combination of all of those things it's just, and our market's still moving. It's not like we're just dead, 
but it's not it's not like it was. It's not a normal summer market for us at all. It's really correct in itself. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your prediction? What do you see? Like, when do you feel? Because I, I don't feel like the market this year has been normal at all. Like, it, it started heating up massively in February for me. Mm-hmm. And normally, it doesn't really heat up enormously for me till like, mid-March. Yeah, so there was, if I remember correctly, there was a, a decrease in rates around that time. Oh, was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it went down, I think, you know, whatever it was, two basis points or whatever it was. It was, you know, five and a half to, or 5.9 to five, whatever it was. I forgot the number. But when that happened, we spiked fast, yeah. like really fast. And I think mortgage applications were up like 30% in two weeks. Yeah, so it was, it was so great that, for everyone that, that was a good then. pulse. <laughs> that was a good pulse for a while. And then when it went back up, it all stopped. Yeah. And it sounds to me like it's going to stay, the rates are going to stay this high for, for a while, for a couple of years, I think. You think a couple of years? You know, talking to some lenders, they think it's going to stay hooked for a while. You don't, so you don't think, so, so my, my hope <laughs> is that, you know, we're going into an election year, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems to me with the economy doing so poorly in every single facet of the economy, really, mm-hmm. our spending, our just everything, inflation, everything, housing, and the, and the housing market controls so much. It drives so much Bingo. of the country. So going into this election, how can he not look at the state of everything? Now, granted, who knows who's really in charge? Right. Very true. <laughs> so, but how can they not look at that and want to continue controlling the country and say, we got to do something to look better. We're going to drop rates so that we look like heroes and get the economy moving again. Yeah. I that think way they can claim we're the heroes. Look at that. So maybe 2024 could be gangbusters it, again. It could be. I mean, if, I mean, if he has the power to lower the rates, he'll do it, obviously. If he, if he, if he can't, I'm, I'm let's bug my pay grade on how that works. But if that, you I mean, if that even goes down a little bit, we're going to be so busy. We have no idea what to do. So I've heard it could be worse than 2021. Yeah, it, so the reason, the reason I think that is, like, right now, you order an appraisal, you can have it done in two days. You order a survey, you have it done in ten days. How have your appraisals been lately? They've been good. Yeah. I've had, I haven't had an issue with them. Same. Yeah. I had some land appraise. Yeah. That I was like, well, we set the price on this about nine months ago. Yeah. <laughs> but it came back. It came back slightly above value, so that was huge. Yeah, appraisal, that's a, we'll get into that later. That's a whole different category. That's, but... But what I was getting at is, is once that does happen, because lenders are kind of bailing left and right, and there's a lot of lenders yeah. who are getting out of the business because they don't. And yeah, there's, you know, inspectors kind of slowing down. Mm-hmm. So when the rates go down, or if that when they go down, it's going to be real busy, real quick, and those guys are going to be just up to their ears and work. And I think it's going to take a while to close a deal because everything's going to hit at one time. Probably right. And all yeah. of a sudden, now a, a survey was doing two surveys a week or whatever the case may be. We'll now do twenty. Right. And they're going to get overloaded. So, so prepare yourself for that. I think could be wrong, but prepare yourself for something longer. like that because they're all kind of bailing, and there's a lot of people sitting on their hands right now. Yeah. And the rates go down to 5.9 or 5.5%. This is going to be just make sure you have your systems in place to go back to it right away. Have you had agents in your brokerage really struggling this year and having to, to yeah. lose, drop their license? Yeah. No, not drop them essentially, but most of them have some side work. Because they're just yeah, they're they are. Stressed. You know, they maybe haven't had the for, you know fortunate enough to be in the business for fifteen years like I have and have a big network. And right. it takes a long time to get there. It, it takes does. a long time to build that network. And um, if you don't have it, and you're not prepared for this, it's it's different. 
Right. And so I, I prepared for it. I knew it was coming. You know, back when things were really rocking and rolling, I was like, the corn's really high right now, but there'll be a day where it's not. Right. So just be prepared for it. Put your put your money away. I mean, you just we're we're all kind of having to like live frugally just just in case. Yeah, and real estate because who knows how long. And real estate people need to do that anyway. Yeah. I mean, they really need to. You know, I see so many. I see it all the time. Agents get into the business. They you know they do good. They do ten or fifteen million dollars real quick, and they're buying boats. And I'm like, that's not to me anyway. That's not the move you need to make. Right. And, uh, right. To buy things that are going to just cost yeah you, if you're here you need to or if you're making this you need to live like you're making this right yeah you have to i know yeah. dude i would never give up this property like we have a modest little ranch home a nice place it is nice yeah. Uh-huh. yeah absolutely but it's not like a big showy fancy place and i would never get rid of it because our mortgage is like less than a thousand dollars yeah and probably <laughs> at 3.2 percent or four, less. Four. Four four point one. And that was phenomenal. that yeah. was original from when I haven't even refied. That was from twenty fifteen. That's crazy. When I first got the mortgage. Yeah, rates were so good for so long. Uh-huh. I mean I remember in two thousand I got low, like man, they're gonna go up, they're gonna go up. And they they said it for ten years. Yeah. So pretty much anybody thirty five and under doesn't know a mortgage rate above four and a half percent. Right, exactly, because it's been there for so long. Yeah, that's all and they know. Now, it's it's just insane looking at the affordability. Like we had like you know clients buying seven hundred thousand dollar houses, and their payments were like three grand. Yeah. Like. Yeah, now it's like what fifty five hundred. Right. Yeah. I had clients call me. Let's talk about the insurance thing really quick because that's something mm-hmm. that we haven't talked about. That's really, I see that on Facebook every day. So, yeah. what's happening is. There's a lot of insurance providers that are pulling out of the Texas market. Lots. A ton. And it's just from other natural disasters, right? Just like hail and tornadoes. We've had a lot of kind of inclement weather yeah, this year. We have. And the cost to, you know, replace a roof has just doubled in two years that or, or too, more. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. the replacement cost is so high. Like there's companies literally pulling out. And so they, they, I think I'm not an insurance expert by any means, but it sounds like they can only increase your rate by so much a year. I don't know. I think I think an insurance guy told me that, but next year it's going to happen again. Yeah, so we had uh, the Jones Agency come out and talk to us recently at the brokerage. Mm-hmm. They essentially said that so many people are pulling out, like, and the, the carriers that are left, they only have this much money. Right. So, like, Progressive, they said Progressive had a budget for Texas for $1 billion for this year. In the first quarter, they wrote one25 Wow. So they're done. And that's yep. that's a huge national carrier. And so when that happens, that huge carrier is taken up. All the rest of the people have only this much money left, too. And so what they said is you're going to see over the next five years, people that are paying $2,500 for um, homeowners now could be paying up to ten grand. Yeah, I think. In, in five years. Yes, yeah, so the insurance guys I've talked to said there, there'll, there'll be a day, not this year, but maybe next, to where you'll get a house under contract and can't find a provider to insure it. That's exactly right. Yeah. They're, they're saying, and so this is what we've implemented on my team, is that when you're in contract, in the option period, you get quotes for homeowners because that could smart. price people out. Extremely smart, yeah. Because if they have to terminate because of that, yeah. because, like, I'm talking to lenders, and they're like, oh, I'm like, how much did you budget for... Um, for homeowners and they're like oh we did about you know 0.6 i'm like no 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 we need to do worst case scenario put it at 6k yeah just to make sure that that's not going to break the dti yeah. smart lenders will do that yeah yeah because that's- it's but if the lenders aren't here in texas and don't really know because florida and texas are both having this this oh, massive florida is as well i didn't yes. know that florida is actually worse yeah, than it kind of makes sense really yeah huh interesting 
So it's it's a huge deal, insurance. So check out your <laughs> check quotes. out your policy. Get quotes during the option period. Yeah, get a lot of quotes. Yeah, because if if you do it after, because you know how they bind the policy. So basically, what happens is you want to talk no, about kind ahead. of the no 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 go the process. On so you get under contract. Oh, the process. Yeah, like, and then that's just one of the things that you have to get done prior to close is to get that insurance policy bound. But usually that doesn't happen till so, the week 25. before closing. Yeah. And buyers only have specific timelines that they can get out and get their earnest money back. You see what I mean? So if they do that after buyer approval and they have to terminate that's, based on that. That's a challenge. You could lose your earnest money. Yeah. You know, if you're deep enough into a deal, you can. That's right. Or, you know, whatever, but. That's exactly right. And the other problem is, uh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> but yes, I see some some buyers, instead of doing a 1% deductible, they're doing 2% deductibles. Yes, that's it. You know, they're, they're, they're having to kind of, you know, kind of pull it down a little bit on their coverage just and so they can afford it. Yep, and that'll help. Oh, this is what I was going to say. The insurance company said that in the next few years, they're going to be underwriting people personally to see if I personally have put in claims on every house I've owned. And oh, if really? yes, and if yeah. I personally have put in claims, they're going to say, "Eh, you're too much of a high risk. We're not going to take you." And then they also said they're going to be underwriting the homes themselves. And if there's been a water claim in the past or something like that in the past, they're not going to take the house. They're going to start getting that picky. Higher risk. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So, it's it's pretty scary. And the other question that I asked them that was so interesting was I said, all right, but if I'm if I live in town, I'm selling a house and I'm buying a house, I mean, I can still probably stay with that insurance company, right? And they were like, absolutely not. There's no guarantee that they will continue on with you. And plus, the house that you're going to buy might not be something that they even want to insure. Yeah. That's, what he was telling me, that it could be a house you couldn't get insurance on. Like, it could very well happen like that. I mean, I haven't seen that. It sounds crazy to say that out loud, but it's it, it's real. I mean, I know it's part of being a real estate person. You have to like be able to to know all that stuff. That's right. I mean, it's, it's never the same, ever. And it's one, one more thing that, that we have to worry about with affordability, which is very frustrating for our clients. And ties into our market. Yeah. I mean, everything has a trickle effect. Because explain how our market, like, how is our market different than Tarrant County? We're in Parker County, so it's kind of a little niche market that's different from a lot of markets that, that most people, I think, are used to. Yeah, so we're, I mean, obviously we're close to Fort Worth. We're in striking distance to Fort Worth. So you have uh, families that just don't want to be in Tarrant County. They don't want to be in, want to be in the city. You know, and Parker County is open. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's more rural, and it's easy to get to Fort Worth. So they can drive within 45 minutes to their job, and they're willing to do that. And so, live in the country. Yeah, and we have a four-lane roads going from Tarrant County to Parker County, so you can get there. Which is not enough. Which is not enough, <laughs> yes. Yeah, which is not enough. What is the, what's the biggest deal you've ever done? The biggest deal? I haven't done any monster deal. I mean, granted, the biggest deal I've ever done, I think, in terms of like dollars. Yeah. Uh, it was four, 14 five. Oh. Yeah, which is big. Knowing around is big, but there's agents here that have done way bigger deals than that. Well, I know, yeah. but yeah. I've never done anything like that. Yeah, it was a big deal. That's it was, exciting. Yeah, it's a very, uh, very interesting story. I was in Las Vegas, and I met this guy in the bathroom no yeah we had a we had a, a real estate booth out there and this guy walked up and said uh, didn't i see you in a real estate booth I'm, yeah maybe he goes i'm gonna come talk to you I'm like oh whatever i mean he had a palm leaf hat and lace up justin rose super cool guy been drinking all day you know it's vegas right yeah 
And he came up, and we talked for a few minutes. We didn't really talk real estate that much. We just kind of shot the shit. And then uh, he called me January 1st and said, I put my ranch on the market. So you helped him buy? Yeah. That's awesome. Met him in the bathroom. Don't you feel like the shooting the shit conversations are almost more important than real estate conversations? Yes. For a deal like that? Yes. Because you just have to, there has to be just this mutual, you know. You know, it's just, it's, it has to be a mutual. And it's Camaraderie and first. trust. Yeah, and trust is more important. Like, my favorite thing when I talk to someone after I talk to them for a while, and then we start talking about real estate, when they say, okay, let me ask you a question. I love that. Because now you you have them. Not yeah. have them, but you have their interest. Yeah. They know, they understand that this man or woman knows what they're talking about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And I love how conversations start like that. So when they say that, let me ask you a question. I'm like, all right, now we're going to talk shop. Yeah. So that's fun to me. That's cool. Yeah. How long ago was that, that big deal? Oh, man, 2015, 16, somewhere in there. Yeah. Something like that. What's the craziest thing you've ever seen? Like, oh. I know that there's, I'm sure there's a lot to pull from, but like the craziest thing, like you showed up to a <laughs> showing and who Show, knows what you saw. Showing or... sometimes can get interesting. I'll, uh, okay, so this, craziest thing you've ever seen. This was probably seven or eight years ago. I'm showing a house at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I had an appointment. Everything was legit, right? So I got in the key, and I always knock on the door and yell really loud when I walk in. You know, Hello? Yeah, sheriff's department, whatever. It just yells no. so funny loud. <laughs> you and uh, the TV was, I mean, at 100. It was so loud. I hate it when they leave TVs on. It's so freaky. Yeah, I was like, man, that's strange, but whatever. We walked, you know, we, we walked in the living room, walked in the kitchen, and then... Uh, we walked to the to the bedroom. Oh dear! It was an older person's house. Yeah, right? like you tell it was you know, like your grandmother's house, right? So I walked. Obviously, just walked. I just walked in the bathroom. I was turning the lights on, and I walked straight into the bathroom. And I turned around, and my lady client was at the doorway at the bedroom, and her eyes got like this big. Like what in the world? And I looked down, and Grandma was taking a nap. Are you sure? On top of the covers. Are you sure she was napping? Well, yeah. I, Did you check I, her pulse? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, she was, you know, very up there in age. And all she had on was a pair of shorts. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm standing in the doorway of her bathroom, and I walked around. I don't know how I didn't see her. I mean, she was 90 pounds, right? But I walked around her bed, and I was standing in the doorway of her bathroom on her master. And I'm like, this woman wakes up oh, and my. sees me standing in front of her. She's going to have a heart attack. Oh, my God. And, and my, the lady that was with me, her, she was freaked out. She was scared to death. She had no idea what to do. So we just, I just slowly walked around, and just, we got out of there real quick. <laughs> and the agent called me, and she was mad that I'd set up an appointment and no-showed her. <gasps> oh! Yeah. So I, I was like, going to, that was my follow-up. Is Okay, did you tell the listing agent? Because yeah. how, how do you tell, oh, well, we walked in on your naked client asleep yeah. on the bed. Yeah, so that's, a, well, that's what I told her. Yeah. I said, we walked in, we said, we were in there, and I yelled, and I kind of saw she was asleep, and then we just walked out of there. That's what I told her. I mean, I don't know what else. I don't want to embarrass anybody or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, that was probably the craziest thing that happened that Dude, I can remember. Almost the same thing happened to me. I was showing an older man. We walked into a house, was yelling, and we just kept, like, going... God, this doesn't feel like they remembered that there was a showing today. Yeah, that makes sense. And then we walked into the master and his, oh, I'm sorry, the primary, his hearing is not great, my my client. And I hear the shower going and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> we're not 
going any that's further. That's happened a couple of times. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've, I've seen that. I mean, it's... Uh, oh, gosh. You come with all kinds of crazy things. Dude, I was uh, interviewing Ryan Pafford. You know Ryan Pafford? Yeah, Ryan. In Alito? Yeah. He found a sex doll. Oh, wow. <laughs> like on one of his showings. Like in the house? Just laid out? No, it was like outside on the ground. And he, they thought it was a dead body. So they called the sheriff and then they, because it was like wearing a thong, like all this nasty, like hooker type underwear. And they're like poking it and then they're like, oh my God, that's not a human. That's, yeah, that's an the actual. The things you see. I found a meth lab one time in Hood County, oddly enough. Did so you? Wesley, my business partner, he is ex undercover narcotics. He's kind of a badass. But anyway, uh, it was 30 acres of just abandoned property. The seller lived like in, I don't know where it was, like California, it was out of state, didn't have anything to do with the property. So, like, squatters were on there building? No, no one was there, but I opened this No, I mean, like, shit. like, the guy owns it from somewhere else, but somebody else was on his property doing all yeah, this crazy yeah, stuff? Yeah, there was, like, a workshop there, and I walked in, and it smelled like, I don't know what meth smells like, right, or anything, but it smelled ferocious in there, and it looked crazy. And there's all, I forgot the chemicals they put in that stuff or whatever, so I called Wesley. I was like, man, I'm seeing this, this, and this. He went, yeah, man, get out of there now. Because it's so dangerous for you to breathe that. Yeah, and I'm standing in the middle of this thing. Have you not seen Broken Pad? Yeah, I've seen it. But <laughs> I, I, this is a little different chemist, I yeah, think. Okay, okay. Those were kind of upscale yeah, labs. Yeah, this, this, was, this was not one of those things. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I called the listing agent. I didn't call the cops or anything. I called the listing agent and said, this is what I found. How did they not know that? I don't think he ever walked it. Oh, my god. I mean, it was, it was seriously like 30 acres of brush. I swear to God, I showed a property yesterday that the listing agent has never stepped foot in. It happens. I swear to God. The, the entire ma- uh, primary bedroom was sunken, and the toilet was sunken. Like, it was like oh yeah, the foundation on that part was so bad. Not good. Yeah. And then you make me want to go look at the seller's disclosure and see if they actually put stuff in there. Yeah. Um, talk about... New agents. So there's there's a lot of agents leaving the market right now, but there's still agents coming in. Oh yeah. So everybody comes into this you know business thinking, all right, this is going to be the best thing ever, and it is. I mean, it's it's a it's a great living, but it's a very difficult job that I think people just highly underestimate what we actually do. Yeah, it's. Um, I know I did. I, I tell every agent this is a hard way to make an easy living. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best but, way I can say it. It, yeah. it really is. It's hard to get into. It's hard to get. You're not just going to show up and then, bam, sell Timu in your first year just because some agents do. Yeah. That's awesome. But um, a lot of agents don't. It's, t- it's it's hard. Like, if you're a new agent. I would say, like, 1% of agents do, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. That's Pretty I mean. much? Yeah, it's, it's it's tough. And there's some agents that are, don't really do much for 5 or 10 years, and then all of a sudden, wham. They just start killing it. Finally, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's just, there's a lot going on. And when you get your license, when, when you get your license, just because you know someone doesn't mean they're going to use you automatically. Mm. That's what people think. Mm-hmm. I know this person, they'll, they'll, they'll sell their house, I'll sell their ranch, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the hardest part when you get started is for for clients to know that, that you're in the business. Like they have to know you're in the business. So when they think of selling a property, they think, who I know in the real estate business? It's usually one or two people. Right. You need to be one of those, one of those well, people. Well, it's usually 20 or 30 people. Well, now it is, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but it's would, one or two people they would actually call, right? That they would actually call, yeah, right. And yeah. some people will interview, you know, 15 agents or whatever. But um, the hardest, hardest part is getting people to associate Heather with real estate. 
So when I first got in the business, 2009, what I did, I knew a lot of people. So the real estate signs we had at that company at the time, I, I say for sale on them, I made that exact sign and took off for sale and started putting signs all over town. Huh. Like, let, me, let me put it there for two weeks. Just, just for name just, recognition. But it looked just like the brokerage sign that said for sale. And people saw the brand and automatically thought the place was for sale. Huh. So I had those everywhere. I think I had 10 of them. And I put them all over the place. And then really quick, people were like, man, you just got in real estate. I see your signs all over the place. I'm like, yeah, man, it's been, it's been, I didn't have a single listing. Like, yeah, it's been doing pretty good. <laughs> so, but what I didn't anticipate by doing that was people calling, asking, like, man, what's this place for sale? I had a buyer lead right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right yeah. And it cost me the, the, the price of a sign. And some guy let me put a sign up on his, you know, road front or whatever. That's a great idea. Yeah, and I've, I tell all my agents that. I don't think any of them do it. Which is exactly, so, so basically what he's doing is he's presenting himself as a listing agent straight out of the gate, right? Mm-hmm. Which is really, sustainably, that should always be your focus. Don't Lip, you agree? Listers live. Yeah. They, yeah. they stay in the business. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's, that's kind of how, I mean, that's how I got into it, essentially, because I was doing photography for all these guys, mm-hmm. and I was like, God dang it, I can do, I can do what they're doing. I yeah. know I can do what they're doing. And I had this whole idea of this is going to be my process because I felt like people were missing the mark just as far as like, you know, listing it, putting it on MLS and not doing much else yes. besides, you know, and again, this is me from the outside looking in, not really knowing how pulled you are in so many different directions. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But just the social media aspect of it and getting your face out there and doing Facebook lives. And so yeah. that people feel like they know you like that right. was my main that was my main and you're really good at that. I'm terrible at that. Like, I don't do much of that at all. I bet you wouldn't be. I just, I just yeah. feel like people put this on themselves. Like, I hate the way I look. I hate the way I sound. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm scared I'm going to screw up. Mm-hmm. Dude, one time I was doing Facebook Live and I turned around and my camera hit something and it flew into the bushes. See, that's funny. And that's I good. exactly you're, you're I, real. You just laugh and you go, yeah. "Well, that was that was awesome," <laughs> you know. And they can hear me laughing while I'm trying to find my phone. But it's like <clears throat> we're still human, and people feel like they know you better because yeah. they see you just talking and being you. Being you know real. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you know. Back on the new agent thing, like I, I see a lot of new agents where they, they get on social media and see all these systems in place to, to be a better real estate agent. When you're starting out, scratch all that. Right. For a while, get a spreadsheet. You can you can operate a spreadsheet if you put three hundred names in there, and you can you can operate that on your own. Right. You really can. So people are so worried about getting this system in place, getting this database in place, doing these touches. If you're new into the business, you can do that on your own. One hundred percent. All you need is a phone and Excel. Right. It's not hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a computer where you can send PDFs. That's pretty much it. Because these brokerages are recruiting, saying, "Well, we can, we give you this, and we have this special app, and we." have all these trainings and we do this and we do that. But that has not been a part of any of my success. No, no. I think the training part, the training part, I, I wish when I would have started, you know, I went with a broker that was a good broker that sold a lot. He was a selling agent and a broker. He didn't have time to train. So I think that if you're really just getting into the business, just for a short amount of time, go to a, go to a company that has a lot of training. Because like, when you gather, like Killer Williams, basically, I've seen like a lot the, of people there. They, I have yeah. several friends there now. Yeah. So you learn when you pass your real estate test, 
you learn enough. You learn terminology. It's a terminology test. You learn enough terminology to pass the test, and but you don't know a damn thing about selling real estate. And it's so existential too, because you right. don't know how it all fits together in a transaction either. Yeah, you, did, you know, there's, there's. They they teach you just such a weird way. Teach you such a weird way. So the only way you really learn is by doing deals or being involved in deals. Right. That's how you learn the game. Mm-hmm. So you have to be around a lot of deals. Yeah. So when you do a lot of training classes, they discuss deals how to put things together, like, you know, what's normal for an objection period? Is it three days, five days, ten days? And what even is that? What even is that? Yeah, right. well, you know, option period, you know, for, for a while, it was five days or, or not. Now it's 10 to 14 like it used to be, mm. you know, because buyers have a little more leverage now. So I, I actually learned a lot from you. You don't even know this. Um, a brand-new agent on my team, she's not on my team anymore. She listed some acreage out in Millsap, I think. Mm-hmm. It was like a million something, this little tiny house, and you brought the buyer to it. And once the title work came back, he actually presented objections through Jack. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I'd ever been presented with objections. So luckily I'm friends with Jack. <laughs> and I called him and I'm like, what the hell do I do with these objections? And he went through, Jack's the attorney that wrote the objections for Jake's clients. And he explained everything to me and I was just like, dang, like that's... yeah. That's pretty awesome. Like I, yeah. I, they're not scary. People think they're scary. Well, yeah. just because you don't understand them. Yeah. And and I, I also didn't know like what do I do with them? How do I handle this? And he's like, no, title will do this. Title will do that. And I was like, okay, all right, cool. But yeah. explaining it to the client, like I mean, that really, that's that's the thing that I love about this is if you're not learning something new from every single thing you do. Oh man, you're get, doing it wrong. Get your broker's license. You'll learn a lot. Real fast, managing I'm, thirty agents. I'm working yeah. on it. I don't want to. I don't want to manage agents. No, I actually like it. Do you? I, I, I actually like it because they. Well, I present, have a team, but I don't want to. Yeah, manage but they present a, a challenge almost every day. Yeah. So to me, I love to learn. Like it, real estate's on a floating floor. Yeah. Like every, it changes all the time. So I learn a lot from my agents, and I love that part of my job. It's. Don't you feel like Parker County? has so many different types of real estate from farm and ranch, commercial, residential to just, and every single thing is so different. We, we do so much different stuff than people in Tarrant County. Yes. You know what I mean? With their lot and block little neighborhoods. Yeah. So when I hear agents say, well, I only do this, I only do that. That just always baffled me. Like I want to do it all. Right. Same. Yeah. And you mean, we kind of have to. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't, I hear you can. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you can do anything. Right. What we, what we don't have is like condos. We don't have those out here. There's a few, but not many. Yeah, not a lot. No. So, I'm, aren't they building some down by Holland Lake? Mm-hmm. They're still building those. Yep. That's been in the works for a while. Long though. time. Yeah, a long time. Why? That was all coming in. No, that was before COVID, because mm-hmm. that was because Britton Schweitzer was helping with that. Oh, he was. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he still is, but anyway. Um, okay, let me see what else we have to talk about. Um, Jake goes to rodeos a lot. Yeah, it's a hobby. Yes, and he, so we share a passion of photography. So why don't you talk a little bit about about that? Like that's kind of one of your creative outlets. And yeah, so it, um, his photos have like just gotten so incredible. His action photos with the bull riding and the horse riding. And yeah, so I, I kind of grew up doing that a little bit, so I kind of have an understanding of where to be and where not to be and what good action looks like. Um, but I wasn't very. I actually grabbed my real estate camera because I used to take a few pictures of my of my stuff, and and I forgot how I got into it exactly. But anyway, I got into it, and you know it's networking like everything else. And then next thing I know, I'm going to this rodeo, and then they asked me to go to this one and this one, and 
and then one of one of our agents is Bob Tallman. I don't know if you know yeah, Bob. Yeah, I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. the most famous guy in the rodeo world ever. Yeah, ever. He's got the voice. Yeah, and he's the he, rodeo announcer, right? The the yeah the, the announcer. Yeah, he's he's a legendary. Literally, he, I had no idea how, how famous he was until he was on our he was uh, part of our brokerage. Yeah, like everybody knows who Bob Tallman is. I did learn that your voicemails or mine anyway stop at four minutes from Bob Tallman because he would call and leave me a voicemail and he talks for a living <laughs> and I just cut him off at four minutes. I had to save forever. <laughs> so but you know, then he got me into, he got me into Reno rodeo, which is a rodeo you can't get into as a photographer, especially a chump photographer like I am. He got me into that rodeo, which is amazing. And uh, there's a rodeo called the American that I did three or four years there. It was, you know, it was just fun. I did a lot of networking through that. I did a lot of business yeah. off of that inadvertently, just not even knowing but just getting to know all those people better and being around them and just like anything else. I mean, you're in the real estate and you're around people a lot. They're going to gravitate towards that, right? Right. So, People people just, every single person you meet has questions about the market. All the time. Every single person. Yeah. I know it drives my wife crazy when we go to dinner and we meet somebody because they oh, same always want to talk real estate. Same. I love talking real estate. I've learned to kind of slow it down a little bit when I'm with her. Yeah, because they get so bored. Our spouses get oh, yeah. so freaking bored. They're like, "Oh God, here we go." Yeah, our business is hard on spouses. It, it really is. Oh. I mean, it, it's a. I tell people it's tough. Do you trust? Does your husband trust you or mm-hmm. wife or whatever? Like, how is your relationship with your husband or wife? Are they needy to the point where, like, if you're on your phone all the time, because we are all the time on our phones. Do they trust what you're doing? Are they going to be like, who are you texting this late? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like I, I tr- turn my phone off at 9 o'clock every night. I'll get texts 4 or 5 at night sometimes. That's, well, that's People, be, well, especially back in the, the Monopoly money days, right? Californians would be on, on their couch at 10 o'clock and, like, hit you up on a text message. And it's midnight here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm out. I mean, I'm an early riser. I go to bed early. So I just had to turn it off. And But, yeah, it's, it's you know – Having a good, like Katie for me is like, she under, she understands the game really well. Mm-hmm. She under, she understands what it takes, and she's like, what can what can I do to help you out? Yeah, yeah, she's awesome like that. Once we got there, you know, she wasn't having to work anymore. Now she works more than she ever has. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you went from a really good job to air quote stay at home mom, which now you do 120 hours a week. It seems like she works her ass off, and she really she really helps me out a bunch like time buy your time she helps me a lot with time so talk about leveraging your time a little bit yeah so that when i started when i started doing that when i started doing that that's when the games changed for me i got so busy you know i'd have 15 or 16 deals under contract at one time and you have a lot of plates in the air and once i learned to have some help with me with an assistant or or whatever it was that's what really freed me up and then I, there for a while, I had a, a couple of different people helping me out to where I was just I was just focusing on real estate only and just reviewing contracts. I didn't write one for two, three years. I would just review them, review them, review them, go, go, it's the go. Best way. It's the best way. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Yeah. I mean, we're responsible for what's on the contracts. We always have to review it to send Every it out. Every time. Your name's on it. A hundred percent. But the time that it takes to just fill it out, if we can call our transaction coordinator and say, hey, get this started, get this prepped, here's the terms, yeah. you know, that, that saves you probably an hour, wouldn't you oh, say? Oh, man, every, every bit of it. I and mean, it's, it's huge. It's, it's huge. It's, it's a game changer. So yeah. if, you get, if you get to that point 
make sure you hire a great one. Interview 20 of them. Yeah. And they have to have the specific, they can't, I, I feel like they can't have our personality. Do you know what I'm no, saying? No, 100%. Because we're the hunters, right? Yes. And they're the skinners. Yes. They will handle the meat after we bring it home, right? Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. I mean, that's, you know, like my assistant has a real estate license. She didn't want to sell real estate. Right. She did maybe two deals a year. But it's fantastic that she's, you know. And she's baller. So good. Yeah. I mean, just, she was an agent for seven or eight years. I mean, she knows that that's, you don't want to hire a new assistant new into the business if you're busy. If you're that busy, hire someone with some experience and pay them. Yeah. Especially because there's so many agents that are struggling right now. Oh, you can definitely get one. Grab one of those. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, okay. So one of my clients said, do you feel like everyone is in a holding pattern right now? We talked about our market a little bit. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think a lot of buyers, buyers are sitting on their hands because, you know, even if they say they're in a 2,500 square foot house to go to an another 2,500 square foot house, it doesn't make sense for them. They're not, they're, people are not moving for fun right now. No. All my listings are moving because they have to, whether personal, you know, marriage type reasons or they're, they're relocating out of the area. Like, I just can't believe how much of a weird locked in thing that happened from 20. I, I, I mean, I guess maybe it's just my, I, I wasn't forward thinking enough back in 2021 to mm-hmm. realize that that's what could happen when the rate went up is that it can just make everything just kind of go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to move for a pool. Yeah. Well, their, their, their gains were so good because when they bought, say, in 17 or 18 or whatever it was, I mean, I did a little house. Like, it was 1,400 feet for a good friend of mine that he bought, like, in 2013, 14. We sold it in 20. He doubled up on that house. Yeah. He doubled up and then got into, like, a 2.9% interest rate. Yeah. I was like, this is good. Real estate's easy. I was like, yeah, it's, it's easy yeah. until things aren't easy. But, he, you know, but now they can't do that. I, I, affordability is such a huge issue, I think, especially in our area. Like the the first time home buyers, I it's mind blowing to me that three fifty, don't you think, is a starter home in oh, our county yeah. right now? Yeah, that's crazy. And that's terrible. That's crazy. Yeah, you really feel it when rates go up. Yes, exactly. That, that's when that's when exactly. you feel it. So, and I think you know, that's the thing with like new construction, is the materials aren't going down at all because they're still booming everywhere else. Like if a builder right now builds, say, a 2,400-square-foot house, would it cost to build that house? Like the market is actually below essentially what that what that house is worth right, right. when it's done. Right. So that's why you're seeing 600-plus new construction homes in Parker County right there. Cause in 2,500 square feet. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, the only thing that went down was wood. It went down just a little bit. And those used to be like... Three ninety nine. Oh yeah. Wouldn't you say? I mean, I mean, or two ninety nine. Right. Yeah, they've really gone up. The cost to build them, the labor to build them, has just gone, and it hasn't moved a bit. I know. It hasn't moved a bit. So that market is really struggling. Those guys are really trying to get creative on how to how to sell those houses right now. What's interesting is that I feel like uh, they're getting still a lot of customs, but they're having trouble moving their specs. Having trouble moving their specs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, that's actually pretty accurate. That they're building more customs, but like even banks have just tightened it down to where before they get out, you know, say they only have five homes they can build under their platform or whatever, 
once you get a house under contract, they'll give you another one. Right. Now it's closed, and then it went down to five houses or three houses, and it has to be closed and funded before you even think about another oh, one. Oh, really? Yeah, so they're not opening the runways at all? Not even a little bit. They're every, it seems like every month they tighten them up even more and more. Talk about, that reminds me, we, before we started, you talked a little bit about um, how many deals have fallen through this year. And I had oh. the same thing happen in July. Yeah. I had like nine under contract for July, and then I ended up with like maybe five and then two of them got pushed to august too yeah so like why do you think so what is what is happening are they falling apart because of appraisal issues are they falling apart just because life circumstances are changing or affordability or what do you think is happening yes all of them yeah i think a combination of everything and you know and now there's not 15 people behind them ready to buy the house i know that sucks that, that's how it was before <laughs> i mean that's how it was before. There'd be, you know, I had some some deals that would be 15, 20 offers on a $950,000 property. Isn't that crazy? Like, this is insane. Like, it, this can't be sustainable, right? I know. You'd be like, well, okay, if you're going to terminate, we already have a backup executed, so we're good. Yeah. Or It's just as good as your deal, so. Yeah, okay. so, and especially back in a new agents, that's all they know. All they knew, right? They, I mean, they did, like, what do you mean you're doing a seven-day option period? That's not going to fly. Like, a matter of fact, it might. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm writing a contract today when we get done for a 14-day option. I think it's going to – in fact, in, yesterday I just extended an option that was five days to like two, two and a half weeks because I need answers on the septic. And Yeah. Before you couldn't do that. No. They just tell you to fly a kite. Right. And now, you mean, buyers just have a lot of leverage now. And Do you feel like we're going to see a lot of lawsuits coming – to fruition from people in 2021-ish era that were encouraged by um, agents not to get inspections, not to get, not to have an option period, not to negotiate anything, because there was such a insane amount of pressure just to even get into that home that buyers were waiving everything. Yeah, if, if correct. I think that very well could happen, especially if a buyer says, "Well, my agent told me not to do it." Yeah. Like, no, I hope your agent didn't tell you not to do that. Like, right. Get an inspection. If you don't want it, you don't have to get an inspection. But I strongly encourage you to get an inspection. Yeah. Whether we're going to negotiate repairs or not, you need to know what you're buying. 100%. You know? Yeah, you don't, you don't want to get in there and all of a sudden there's a, you know, a fire damage in the attic you didn't know about. Right. Because no one crawled up there. Exactly. Which happens. Yeah. It really, it really does happen. So I bought a rent house in April that had fire damage I didn't know about. Really? Yeah, but obviously I got an inspection. He says, hey, this has much minor, but I didn't know about it. Right. Yeah, and, and the guy, or the couple that I bought the property from, they didn't know about it when they bought it in 2015. Did these people disclose it to you? They didn't know about it. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it was it was fine. It was all fixed, but it, like, there again, they're like, what are you talking about? This house has never been on fire. Mm. So it was at one time. So That's crazy. Always get an inspection. Always. Even I mean, even if I didn't have inspection periods, back in the monopoly money days it's like get one for peace of mind see that's that's the thing and that's why having a good agent or a good broker is the most important mm -hmm. because they understand that the way our contract is written you don't have to have an option period to have an inspection bingo but so many people think well i didn't do an option period so i can't get it inspected no our, our agents think that just because the option period is out you don't have a leg to stand on right yeah there's multiple ways to get out of a deal yeah i mean and, and trick makes it it's 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 buyer friendly like sellers don't really have a lot of options with the house under contract which is good, good and bad i guess but 
Like once you're a seller, there's very few ways you can get out of that deal. It's like two. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I think buyers have like thirty. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, and then they're getting the title work. Like say, for example, if Tri County has the power on a property, well, I have an out right there. I can object a title. Just because of Tri County blanket easement. Oh yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not going to remove that blanket easement, but you can object to that. Right. I mean, I've done that in the past. And if the title can't, can't cure it and take it off, so can't cure it either. Get out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's extreme, right? right? But I mean, that's that just goes to show you there's so many different ways to get out of the deal, and you know that's why Jack's a good partner of mine. Like that guy is a real estate attorney, and he is very good. He's yeah. a lot. So I learned a little. He's lot your from best him. friend too, isn't He's he? He's my buddy. Yeah. 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 We, yeah, I've learned a lot from him. Yeah. I didn't ever, you know, I never thought, I've never needed a lawyer my entire life. And I met Jack probably seven or eight years ago on the golf course of all things. And then ever since then, I've needed one all the time. It's so. just, it's, it's such a, cause sometimes like, okay. So at the first brokerage that I was at, uh, I would have a question and I would go to the broker and I would get an answer and it didn't quite fit, feel right to me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So having an attorney is like so important because that, I mean, technically they're the ones that we go to for questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you have to go to your broker, obviously, but sometimes some brokers are human too. You and, know and what I'm saying? Some attorneys won't even talk to you unless it's a $15 bill. Yeah. Some attorneys won't do that. I mean, a lot of attorneys are that way, but, but yeah, it's, once you get, yeah, it's important to have one. It is. It is it's important to encourage, not encourage, but yeah, encourage like your buyers and sellers to use utilize them and granted it's going to cost a little bit of money but the upside is huge if you well, if you're doing a million dollar deal or more it, yeah. like it's imperative That's i think a, absolutely yeah. yeah i mean even even like now i would have never done this 10 years ago but even as little rental properties i buy i can look at the title work and I, I understand what's going on i still send it to jack yeah i mean he's a pro he, he, he knows that way better than I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, why are you sending me this? It's like, you're looking at every one of them. I don't care what it is. You, if you find one thing that I missed, yeah. you know, whatever the fee is for him to look at, it, that's going to cost me a lot of money. This is, it's insurance. Right. It's insurance. So, so do it. I like how he thinks because he's, he's not just thinking about this one deal, but he's thinking about, A, learning from that deal, and, B, protecting his clients way after closing. Yes. And I think so many agents miss that mark. Yes. Where they just think, oh, my God, I got a $900,000 listing. I'm going to make, bop, 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 bop. You know what I mean? And, and it, they are so commission-based versus so commission based. protect your clients-based. That is very hard. That's very hard, especially for newer agents. To, they just, they're so worried about their commission on a deal. Like, once you figure out how to get away from that, your, your career will change. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just a deal. And plus, just meeting with clients. Like, I feel like, so I just, I just had a meeting last week with some clients that I didn't realize they were actually listed at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were unhappy with what had happened during their listing agreement with that person. So they were interviewing new agents. And just the conversation that we had made them realize that I'm completely different in my outlook because we're very similar, mm-hmm. the way we look at clients and protecting clients. And they were just like, they felt no need to interview anyone else. Yeah. Because we're 100% thinking about liability, risk, you know, to get to the well, reward. We, yeah, we just, you know, we have some battle stories. We've seen bad things happen. Yeah. To, you, know, you just want to avoid that. Because the more things you do, the more, the more shit you're going to have to walk through, right? Yeah. Yeah. The more, the more deals you're a part of, the more you're going to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still learn every day. I mean, still. 
and I've talked to brokers that have been doing it for 50 years, say the same thing. We're still learning every day. Yeah. Things are always changing. And people are getting crazier. And people are getting crazier. Yeah, there's that's, that, that can get really interesting sometimes. That's a scary thing. Okay, I have an, a question. Who sent it? Who sent it? I think it's in this one. Um, what is the most... No, I think we already talked about that. What are you doing to help your agents that may be having issues with this current market and are really struggling, especially agents that have many years' experience but have never had to really work hard for listings or just clients? How do you encourage them to be successful now that our market has kind of slowed? Work harder. Okay. A lot of, a lot of agents don't know how to work. Like they don't. They wait for the phone to ring. They, they've grabbed the low-lying fruit for so long, which yeah. was easy. Now, you can't really blame them for that. It was, it was easy, right? But, you know, get up, get up with a mission. Like if you're, especially if you're full-time into this, and it's hard. But like, don't just wander in the office at ten or your office at home or wherever at ten o'clock. Be be there at eight. You have to treat this like a full time job if you oh, are yeah. going to be successful. You have, yeah, you have to. You have to to do be you, successful. Do you do time blocking? Or? Uh, when things were crazy, I, I did a little bit of that. Yeah, I mean, I would. There was times where I would literally just turn my phone on silent, and put it on my desk for one hour. So you could get stuff done. So I could get on. So I could get stuff done and. And there for a while, I would be at my home office at 5 a.m. because the phone wouldn't ring. Yeah. I was just answering emails, you know, answering questions, just knocking things out. So I, I did. I don't do that much any, now the way the current market is, but I, I had to do that for a while. Yeah. And you're getting 200 phone calls a day. You have to do something. Because your appointments start at 830 in the morning or whatever. Bingo. And you Bingo. have to get stuff done. Yeah, time blocking, actually, that's a real thing. But I mean, when you're really busy, mm-hmm. when you're really busy, you need to be... You know, the market's the way it is. You kind of be a yes yes guy. Can you do 9 o'clock? Hell yeah, I can do 9 o'clock. Of course. I'll make that happen. It's an hour and a half away, but yeah. I will leave my house in time. 100%. 100%. They, they don't. Like, I get up. I try, to, I try to get up and look at our hot sheets, kind of what's listed. I try to do that every single day. Mm-hmm. So if someone calls me about a property, it's hard to do with homes, but especially acreage properties. Like, if someone says, hey, I saw this five acres for sale out of the blue on, you know, one two three banana street oh yeah it was just three days ago i saw that i mean yeah. you need to have that answer right now right so and it doesn't take that long once you start doing it every day like you just need to have you need to be a wealth of information on the, the way your current market is right now right and the next day right now so when people call you you know what it is or you or then you'll get it to where uh, this house is i've seen this house or the property drop five times in the last six weeks this this guy's or this seller is ready to roll let's uh yeah. Could be an opportunity there for somebody. Who do I have that's looking for opportunity? Yeah. And you go back to the new agent, go back to that, not your database, your expel, uh, spreadsheet. I want to call that guy. I'm just going to send him the property on a text message. Mm-hmm. It's like, this thing's dropped five times. It might be interesting. I'll go look at it for you real quick. I'll drive by it. If it looks cool, I'll call you. Mm-hmm. Just things like that that agents don't do. If you do that enough, you're going to get hit a couple of times. And I was like, oh, man, Jake's lucky. Man, he's lucky. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. he's making deals happen. Yes. By it's, keeping in touch, knowing what people want, and knowing what's on the market. Yes. Yes. And, and just, you just got to be, you have to be, you have to be in the zone. You have to make yourself get in the zone. And some people are naturally. Yeah. Like, I, I love doing that, right? And some people have to force themselves to do that. But once, if you, if you get up with a mission, like, I'm not a guy, I'm not a cold, I'm not a cold call guy. I just, I don't like receiving for cold calls, and I don't like, you know, making for cold calls. 
but it's different when you find when you have something with it. Like, check this out. I mean, I've I've done several deals like that. That's not really a cold call because you're not calling a stranger. You're calling someone in your database. Yes. Saying, bro, <laughs> let's jump on this. Yeah. This is a good. This is a good chance. And, and, and by doing that too, if you have someone that's sure enough on the hook trying to buy buy a property, I, I, I did one last year. It was like two and a half million dollars. It was I was it was listed the night before, and I saw it seriously five o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. I just like this looks very interesting. It's undervalued, and I, I mean it was way undervalued. And I just shot to my guy at like 6.30 in the morning. And it's like I knew he was up. He goes, 8 o'clock, we were looking at it. 8.30, had it under contract. Or had the offer sent. Nice. Yeah, but it wouldn't have happened if I'm drinking coffee looking at TikTok. Right. That's so true. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there again, you, you know, you're lucky. Right. Yeah. So. You're but so you, lucky. But if you do that enough, if you do that enough, it'll start paying off for you. And it becomes habit, too. It's habit. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's literally, that's my favorite thing to do now is get up and just see what's up, what's expired, what's going on. Know your market. Yeah. And it it's just takes a little bit of time. Right. So that's what a lot of agents don't do. Yeah. That I wish they did. Are, are your agents holding a lot of open houses? Because we're really pushing open houses again, but we're having almost nobody come through them. Yeah. So the and last that's one. that's been frustrating for sellers and yeah. us. Open houses are tough. That's, I mean, open houses. I've been very successful with them. Yeah. They're actually, they were kind of a thing of the past when MLS came out once a month. That's how you, and the internet wasn't around. That's how you f- figured out you what go. the houses were, right? Yeah. That's how it all started. But I think if I was starting over again, I wouldn't, I would rarely go to my office. I would find, it doesn't matter if it's your listing, someone at Keller Williams, whatever. I would say, can I do an open house at your, at your new construction from one to three? Yeah. And just set the office in there. Yeah. If I was a new agent, I would do it every day. Like there's some agents in Fort Worth. That's all they do is open houses. I'll be there from nine o'clock to one o'clock, nine o'clock to four o'clock. You never know what's going to walk in the door. You're working anyway. That's a great idea. It's a free buyer. Yeah. It's a free buyer lead, and especially if you get one with a high traffic count. Right. You just, you just, yeah. I mean, what, why not? So, if an agent calls me and says, "I want to do an open house on, on Barcelona's home, on you know, 484 Clark Street," absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Do it all day if you want to. Right. The same, same way if agents call me and say, "Can I share your listing on social media?" A lot of agents are like, "No, I don't want you to do that." I think that's crazy. Bullshit. Your I job know. is to sell the property. Heck yes. Yeah. Go. I mean, if, if, your, if your seller finds out that you had a chance for someone to advertise it for free, yeah. get in front of more people, and you said no to that, they're going to be, I would be pissed. Speaking of, there's an agent that I know you know in our area, and um, I was taking my team around, and we were doing videos of other listings just to put them out there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because like, like he said, you never know what you're going to share on social media that someone else is going to see and is going to want. Correct. And so we were we were going around doing all these videos. We still do, but we called this one agent because it was a beautiful new build um, mm-hmm. down south of town. And we're like, hey, can we walk through? Because we were doing probably four or five different houses in that neighborhood that day. And she said, uh, no, absolutely not. Yeah. And I was like, what? I'm like, I will give you the unbranded video so that you can share it and make it seem like it was yours. And she's like, no, uh-uh, sorry. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Not only that is, uh, I've had, I've had agents pick up big clients like that. I'll have ladies like, under any circumstance, do you put this on social media? And the seller would be like, absolutely do that. And they kind of knew each other. Mm. And she did it. And she kind of got that client from that guy because she was working. Right. Working the deal. With, they they want to see you hustling there. Like, to you, you have 50 listings. You have 50 listings. But for your seller, 
that's one listing. That's right. That, yeah. that one listing means the entire world to them. 100% and the biggest investment they've ever had. So. Hey, everybody. Thanks for watching. Hey, if you enjoyed this show, please like, share, and subscribe. It makes such a huge difference to our channel, and it helps push it out there to everybody else. And don't forget, we're on podcasts, too, on yeah. Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you, Google Music, like all the different places. So if you can't get in front of YouTube, totally fine. Check us out on the podcast, and you can listen to us on the go. Just type in Pair of Spades somewhere. We'll pop up. That's right. Thanks. We'll see you next time.